On this episode of the Sam's Report, we talk about a new build of Windows 10, build, MWC, and a whole lot more. This is the Sam's Report. I can never remember the day. Today is February 19th. This is the Sam's Report. Oh, man. Uh, crazy week. Um, if you weren't following my life, which I don't really blame you because I can barely follow it, I um, did a bunch of podca- podcasts this week. I was on Windows Weekly uh, for Paul, and I also did What the Tech for Paul because he was out and they needed someone to fill in. And I don't know, I like doing these things, and they asked, and I said, why the heck not? So uh, if you missed that, really good stuff on Windows Weekly and What the Tech. Recommend you catch up on those. You can get more me if that's what you're looking for, which my wife would say you're crazy. But if that's what you want, Microsoft goodness, both shows uh, that went on this week. So it's been a really busy week. Uh, podcast. This is the third third day in a row for me for a podcast, but this is by far my favorite one for obvious reasons. And a lot of things went on in the world of Microsoft. A lot of things again, guys. So Surface Bug. I told you last Friday that it would be fixed next week. Now, I will call myself out. I said I thought it was going to be on Tuesday, and but I did hedge and say, you know, sometimes they do delay. And it actually came out on Wednesday. Um, I actually had word that it was supposed to ship on Tuesday, but some last minute changes and whatnot, and they delayed it. But the Surface Book, Surface Pro 4, if you have not updated yet, and I'm, you probably have by now because it was, uh, you know, it came through Windows Update, uh, make sure you update because they will now sleep much better. So what I really want to know is if you have one of these, if you've had any issues post-update because Microsoft says that it's fixed. But Microsoft says a lot of things. We know that that they say things are updated and they say things have been revised um, or things that are coming and coming soon. But, you know, just kind of keep an eye out. I have not had any issues yet with the sleep, but I don't know. I'm growing more confident that I can put these things to sleep and they're not going to wake up um, and burn themselves down in my bag. Or, um, you know, all the other good stuff that happens when your laptop is about 125 degrees Fahrenheit sitting in a, in a closed, confined area. Never good. But um, somebody in the comments said, yeah, it's working well on the Surface Book. Excellent. Excellent. That's what, what we need to see. And it's kind of funny for me because when the device first came out, I actually went to London um, for a conference. It was an HP Enterprise event. And the Surface Book wasn't out there. And everyone joked or everyone asked and said, oh, when should you buy this? Or, and should I buy this? That type of a question. So the joke I, I kind of ran with was, you know what? Don't buy this thing until April. That was what I initially thought. And well, here we are, end of February. And if, if those people actually did listen to that advice, and I kind of said it jokingly because they were, I didn't really know when these things are going to be fixed, but April actually is probably a really good time to buy this device. So I actually feel kind of good about that. That was a total joke, but... Um, Microsoft kind of, I don't know, they, they made me look good, I guess, in that aspect. But anyways, Sleep Surface Bug is fixed. Go get it now. Um, that kind of takes care of the last major, major issue that was going on with the Surface Book. Now, I still there are still funky things going on with the keyboard sometimes. It detaches, and, and when you reattach, it, you know, the, the keyboard doesn't work. But those are minor compared to the fact that the battery would just put itself flat um, every night. So... There you go. That stuff's out. Other great stuff. Gabe pushed the red button. And also, the funny thing about Gabe, I shouldn't say this is funny at all. It's actually terrible. He tore his rotator cuff, uh, I believe, 
and that's what he was tweeting about. So I guess it's from all that rapid red button pushing. But a new build of Windows 10 is out, and this one, this is exciting. This is this is really good stuff because Microsoft is now including new features in the builds. No longer is it just kind of underlying stuff or backend maintenance. We are now beginning to see the fruition of what Redstone is going to be, and this is super early, so don't you know put all your eggs in one basket. But Cortana got a new feature. Cortana can now grab music that you were listening to. And I was a little confused by this because it, the way Microsoft worded it is that Cortana can now search better for music, which, great, but what it sounds like from the feature and, I, and is that there's a button in the top right of Cortana, you press it and it actually listens and it's more of like a Shazam type scenario where it can pull up the music you're currently listening to. So if you're live streaming something like, hey, what's that jingle or whatever, um, I don't know, Cortana can now do that for you. So whatever, new features, better than no features, I guess. Edge got a couple updates as well. Very slowly, if you use the favorites bar, there are some new features for you you should be excited about or something. So you can now have the favorites bar only show the little icon rather than the icon and the text. And you can also now use folders in the favicon bar. Um, I'll be curious to see if anybody actually uses this. So Microsoft has now turned on the ability to use pictures with the messaging app. I know a revolutionary feature here. Why you would ship something like this that couldn't use pictures to begin with is ridiculous. But hey, in this build it now works. I do not use the messaging app. I've never had a good experience with it. I just stick with traditional Skype. Um, I consider myself a Skype power user I, all day, every day. And that's you know pretty much why I complain about it so much because there's the, uh, the shortcomings. But if you use the messaging app, you now get pictures. Great, I, I don't know, good stuff. Uh, kind of hidden away in some of the messaging, and I'd be really curious about this. Um, so Windows 10 education users can now sign up for the Insider release. That's that's what they can now grab these bits. If you're running Windows 10 education, I don't know if you should really be using an Insider build. I mean, right, the whole point is that it's used in an educational environment, it needs to be stable. I guess if it's an IT class or something and they want the leading edge um, to show about how software testing process is going on but if if so for some reason you're running the education skew i would contemplate why are you running the education skew in your own home or wherever you are but hey you can now opt into the insider ring so there you go but this is good though this actually makes me really really excited mostly because of what i was talking about microsoft is now at the point where they're including new features in the rings so from here on out, I would be more expecting that we're going to start seeing new stuff with every release. It's going to start to get, we're going to get back into that motion of rapid development. Now, I'll be curious to see if this impacts rapid release because I don't know how likely they're going to push something out that's just totally broken um, on the new side, that is. But this should be really good. This should be, you know, we should have crossed the hump of, okay, everybody's checking in their code. They're, they're, they're getting ready. They're getting ready. This is going to be fun. I think the next few weeks, especially especially leading up the build here, uh, are going to be really interesting. I know firsthand that everybody in Redmond is in build crunch mode. You know, it's what sessions are they going to do? What are they going to present on stage? What's the vision? What are they actually going to have completed by that time? So things are a little bit hectic in Redmond right now. Not that they're not typically, but this is more so because their biggest developer conference is what about six-ish weeks away, six, seven weeks away, six weeks, something like that. Should be good. 
should be really, really good. I'm going to be curious to see what they have up their sleeve for build. And I'm going to be curious to see what they actually keep out of the insider builds to just show off um, at, at the event. So that's probably enough about Windows 10. Outlook, oh my god, finally, finally, Outlook. Outlook got its brand new layout. So Microsoft had been testing this, I think, since May of last year. It had been in preview. And for whatever reason, they had been sitting on it and slowly refining the hell out of it. I don't know what they were doing. But anyways, they're now saying that this Outlook is being rolled out, this new design. And it comes with a couple things. So first off, it's built on the back end of Office 365. Um, not that that really impacts the user too much, but you know, great PR marketing for them. But what's really going to impact the user is there's plugins are now supported to a much greater detail. So we have plugins for uh, Yelp, Skype, Wunderlist, um, I think PayPal, there's a couple others. The most asinine one that might be used amazingly is Jiffy is now supported, which means that if you want more GIFs in your inbox, Microsoft is making it easy with these extensions. I'll be curious to see if we see any other large upticks. Oh, Uber's in there as well. Uh, I, personally, I would love to see one from like Delta. I fly on them all the time, um, especially like with upcoming flights, you know, just giving me status in my inbox about that kind of stuff. That'd be kind of neat. So that is rolling out. Now, they say it's rolling out to millions of users, I think, each week. I still don't have it, and I was one of the first Outlook.com users. I mean, I, I think my account was one of the first hundred because I figured out how to sign up for it before it went live. Um, I still don't have it. I know just about everybody else who has it, who has Outlook.com, has not received yet. If you do have it, let me know in the comments. I'd be real curious. Uh, the other thing is, if you do, like, if you really want this and you're not attached to your Outlook.com email address, you can sign up for a new account and you will actually get the new features. So brand new users are just being adopted into the platform from day one. Um, legacy users or older users are just waiting for it to eventually show up. When it shows up for you, I don't know. There's a couple hundred million. Um, for some reason, I thought it was over 200 million. I don't, I don't remember the exact number, how many Hotmail users they converted. But there's hundreds of millions of Outlook.com accounts that need this. So even if they're doing a million a week, it's going to take um, a very long time for that to actually reach everybody. So our good friends out of Mexico probably got in some trouble, if this holds true. They probably got in trouble either way because they're announcing things that are looking official but we don't quite know so windows 10 mobile is said to be hitting existing devices on february 29th february 29th take it with a pinch of salt this is the second time that a microsoft subsidiary has posted on facebook when an update will go out um, it happened back in december they said hey it's going to be in december and then there were some leaks that said january and now i have heard um, from insider sources that february is the actual targeted time so I feel a little bit more confident about this one, but the things we don't know are all the devices uh, that are going to get it, when exactly they're going to get it, what continent they're going to go to first, what carrier are going to get it. Um, there's a lot of questions about how Microsoft is going to deploy this. But if you have a current Windows Phone 8 device and you're looking at the future of Windows Phone and you want Windows 10 Mobile, you shouldn't have to wait too much longer. So that's good stuff, right? I mean, they're finally, finally getting it together. Microsoft also announced this week a new wireless display adapter. So this 
back here is the old display adapter. So we've got, you know, just the big dongle thing here and we got the USB connector. And so the new one is a slightly different design and they actually, the casing is kind of neat because it snaps together. Like you can like make a link with it, um, like better for transportation. But what these things are is you plug it in HDMI right here. You have USB right here, plug it into your TV or monitor or whatever give it a little bit of power, and then it's a Miracast receiver is what this is. And so the difference with this new one, Microsoft says, is there's lower latency. So it should be a little bit better. Um, the last time these things were like heavily tested when this thing came out, this actually got pretty good reviews for the latency. So it's actually really good that they're, you know, they're improving that stuff. So that's the big difference. 50 bucks it'll cost you. And I think it's March 1st or early March that these things will be coming out. So these things are kind of expensive, but I think there are some really good scenarios where this type of a device uh, comes in handy. For example, the business traveler, right? Um, if you make a living or you do PowerPoint presentations in offices that are not yours, uh, this is really handy. Typically they have a projector or something like that and you don't know what they have there in the, with their setup. Do they have a VGA cable? Do they have DVI? Do they have HDMI? They, you don't know. Um, and this is like a little bit of an insurance policy because every TV has HDMI. Now you're saying, well, but not everyone has USB. But you know what you can plug this into that's really smart is a USB phone charger. If you get one of the high capacity ones, um, it's obviously not a permanent solution, but you can plug those things into there and it will actually work. So keep that in mind. You gotta have one of the, I believe the higher end battery chargers. But it's a really cool idea. You take both of these things, and then all you need is an HDMI port, and you have wireless presentations on the go. Or if you're a conference, if you're a company outfitting a conference room, and all your laptops that your company deployed supports Miracast, you don't need a projector or anything like that anymore. Um, you don't need or one of those big box things. You know what I'm talking about, where it's like seven different cables you can plug in that never seems to work right. Pop one of these guys in behind the display, and you got Miracast super simple wireless stuff. So I think these things actually do sell well uh, to the right demographic. I don't think it's really, I mean, if you want one in your house, hell, go get one. Um, they're 50 bucks. I think you can get cheaper ones out there like Chromecast is similar idea, but a little bit cheaper. But I don't know, they've gotta be selling well. They built a second one. Although they built <laughs> they built a second Surface RT2 and that didn't sell so well either. But there you go, 50 bucks coming out. Um, I will have a review of the new one soon soon so keep that in mind speaking of outlook speaking of outlook.com mary joe actually dropped this bombshell during windows weekly so microsoft is currently testing a premium version of outlook.com so there is this is a little bit confusing because there is sort of already a premium premium version which allows you to pay money and then you have no ads in outlook.com but this is a little bit a step up and i'm going to try to dig around and see if i can find anything else out but one of the features is custom domains if you remember, Microsoft killed that feature uh, a while ago for their Outlook service, which makes you, you'll, for those who don't know what custom domains are, uh, I, for example, I have bdsams.com. I can now use bdsams.com with outlook.com. That's essentially what it is, and they're gonna make it a premium feature. Uh, Microsoft officially did comment on this, which is unusual for them, and they said it's in very limited testing. It's just a, a market, you know, kind of survey thing to see are people really willing to pay for this kind of stuff. Um, one thing I would love for them to do is super advanced filters. I would pay money for this. I would I would love it. And if you can do this now, please let me know. I would I would love to be able to filter every email that comes to my inbox that is not in English and just have it go into a folder. 
that that would solve a lot of my problems. I get a lot of spam mail that's not that's um, not in English that seems to get through because Microsoft your spam filters could use a lot of work to be honest. But I don't know what else they could charge for this kind of stuff. But the one thing that I, I wonder about this is so okay they charge for Outlook.com. What about their Outlook Mail app on Windows 10? So if Microsoft wants to get me to pay money, if they, I would happily give them, you know, 20 bucks a year. If my Outlook, if the, the Windows 10 Mail app, I could mark a spam, you know, junk sweep and do all that stuff um, natively from the app. Because I don't, I don't use the Outlook.com interface too much. Um, so it would be great if Microsoft would actually allow us to do that locally. But they're testing it. We'll see what happens. We'll see what they come up with. Hopefully they move faster rather than slower. Um, for those of you who want a custom domain now, I believe Office 365 allows you to do that. Um, I don't know if live.com um, still supports it, but I thought they got rid of it. But you'll have to do some digging around on your own to see if that's still a thing. So what else is going on? Department of Defense. So this is an interesting, an interesting little tidbit here. So the Department of Defense announced that 4 million PCs will move to Windows 10 within one year. That's really ambitious. So, which means to me that they're already well down to uh, well down that path, because to achieve that goal, they have to roll out Windows 10 to 10,959 machines per day. That's including Saturday and Sunday, to meet that goal. That's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of machine deployments. Now, granted, it's not just one admin who's controlling four million machines. You know, it's segregated into different organizations and all that good stuff. But it's also remember to be important that. Microsoft and DoD made a similar announcement about Windows 8, and I don't think they actually rolled out Windows 8. So what I, what I want to know is we need to come back in one year from today, so next February, and see is the DoD completed with their 4 million PCs uh, rollout. I'd be really curious. They made a big deal about this, um, as they should. I mean, if they do truly get 4 million Department of Defense machines, it's not only 4 million more machines running the OS and they get the money from that stuff, but they already got it anyways from Software Assurance, likely. It's that if the Department of Defense is running Windows 10, they can use that as a pillar to say, hey, look, the government's running Windows 10, the Department of Defense that protects this country, or the United States, is running Windows 10. Why aren't you? Oh, because it's not secure enough? Well, that's not really an argument if the DoD is running it unless the DoD starts getting hacked like a ridiculous amount or something, then that's not really a good advertisement for the OS. So what else happened this week? Rocket League. Finally here. Rocket League is awesome. If you have an Xbox One, this game is 20 bucks, and it's very much an arcade-style sports game. Um, I, I don't play a lot of sports game. I'm going to play a little bit of football on the Xbox, but... Um, so what this is, is you got a little car, it's got a rocket engine on it, and you play soccer in a dome with, um, and the ball, typically 3v3, and you just drive around in a car and try to knock a ball into a goal. It's, each game is five minutes, it's super fun, it's super relaxing, I am playing it all the time. If you do play Rocket League, hit me up, BDSAMS on uh, Xbox Live, exact same as my Twitter handle, and we can play. Like, it's, it's fun. It's one of those games that's great, you can just pick up... 15 minutes, you play three rounds, and then you can just kind of chill out for a little bit. Um, no long time commitments. It's not a super steep learning curve. There is definitely some skill to it, but it's not like, um, I don't know, like Smite or like uh, Call of Duty where you got to learn all the intricacies of 
everything. It, it's just not... It, it's fun. It's an arcade-style soccer game, and it's just kind of craziness. And, I don't know, I enjoy it. So, Build 2016 is coming up. It's coming up. What is Microsoft going to talk about here? I surely believe they will talk about the Universal Windows platform, but I've got some issues here with the Universal App platform that I hope that they address. So, Microsoft this week, and this will lead nicely into the next segment, uh, announced in the past couple weeks that Tomb Raider is now coming, is in the Windows Store, and Quantum Break. You can buy these games through the Windows Store. And so, my understanding is, Right? They're trying to put AAA title games. They're trying to make uh, the Windows Store more attractive. And how do you do that? You put these really high-quality games into the Windows Store. That's great. Uh, gets more people in there, hopefully downloading. I've, I've still heard consistently that there's a lot of people going to the Windows Store, but not a lot of people downloading from the Windows Store. So they're trying to get more you know, sales through that through that channel, make the, the store a good place to be. And that's 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 good, right? Um, but let's let's look at, like... Uh, Tomb Raider here for a second. So you compare Tomb Raider to Steam. Steam is like, the, if you're not familiar, is the de facto gaming um, application on Windows 10. It's a marketplace. You can go and buy your games and chat and reviews and all that stuff. If you buy Tomb Raider through Steam, you get all the bells and whistles. You get great support and all that stuff. If you buy Steam through the Windows Store, if you buy Steam, I'm an idiot. If you buy Tomb Raider through the Windows Store, it doesn't support SLI graphics. So if you have Crossfire or SLI, which is two graphics cards in your PC, and you buy it through the Windows Store, that's not supported. VSync, if you want to turn that off, good luck. If you have a G-Sync enabled monitor, no dice. Um, you want to see your frames per second in your game so you can help you dial in uh, you know, your settings, like should you be a medium, ultra, and all that good stuff. You want to see the frames per second? Nope. So Microsoft has some work to do here, and actually a Redditor pointed this out that all these features are shortcomings. I actually emailed Phil, the head of the Xbox division, and he actually responded to this Redditor. I think the guy's name was Rallyman03, and he said, thank you for the email. Uh, Phil pointed out that from a year ago, Microsoft has come a very long way, but he acknowledged that obviously there's shortcomings. He didn't make any specific comments, but hey, you know what? At least he wasn't being dense, and he did respond to the email. So Microsoft is aware of the issue. Now, whether or not they address it quickly, but this is kind of the story of the Windows Store, though. The Windows Store, I don't... So, TripAdvisor is a great example here. So, Microsoft made a big deal about TripAdvisor coming to the Windows Store. Why the heck would you use TripAdvisor's app on the window, in the Windows Store when you can go to TripAdvisor.com in a browser and get a much better experience, and you get all the features, and it's always up to date with the latest stuff, and it's... Everything is there at TripAdvisor.com, or you can download the app, but I don't understand why you would... I, I don't see the draw for that app. Um, and I think this is not this is not just bashing on the Microsoft Store. I think the Mac App Store is the exact same way. If there's a TripAdvisor app in the Mac App Store, why would you use it over TripAdvisor.com? I don't quite get it. I think on the mobile side, it certainly makes sense, because we're conditioned to using apps to open things up, and... It, a traditional website, even if they do make it a little more touch-friendly, isn't typically as robust as an app is, and it's not as fast. So I understand the mobile side of it, but on the desktop, it's I don't I don't buy into it nearly as much. And I think that's one of the reasons why the, the stores on both platforms, OS X and Windows 10, aren't nearly as um, 
I don't know, loved, I can't find, figure out the right word here, as to why, I don't know, the Windows stores on the desktops, an app store on the desktop is not nearly as useful, in my opinion, as an app store on a mobile device. And I think Microsoft is coming to the reality of that, and which is kind of a harsh reality because they were hoping that these universal Windows apps would be built for the desktop, people would love them, and then they would, you know, be ported back to Windows Phone. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Microsoft can do here. And this is what I, the point I'm trying to get at is that I hope that at, the, at um, Build, they make Windows universal apps more powerful, give them better APIs. I hope that... Uh, Myerson goes up there and said, here's all new, the all new APIs for, uh, and features for Universal Windows app. And it's just a scrolling list so fast that you can't even see them. Because think about it in this scenario. You have Spotify in the Windows Store, and you have Spotify um, traditional Win32 app. Which one are you going to download for your PC? I personally go towards the Win32 app because it's more robust, there's more features, um, it's more powerful. You know it's going to get updated very frequently. Spotify updates, there's annoyingly frequent, but whatever, it, it's, those are the options, and you can do that with any app, you know, if it's, you have a Win32 app or Windows Store app, which are you going to go for? Um, that's kind of the, the argument right now. Now, I fully understand what the store is, and I, I believe that it's headed in the right direction, where it's a segmented and sandbox environment where it's a, it's a safe space to shop, Right. You're not going to get a virus, at least Microsoft, you better hope not, um, through the Windows Store, and it gets certified and all that good stuff. So it's a better place to be, and I like that model. But they need to make that model work with the realities of what people do on their desktops as opposed to what they do on their phones. So we'll see. There's a Win32 bridge. I can't name is slipping me at the mind at the, at the current time that Microsoft is using to hope to get those 32 apps into the Windows Store. We'll see if it really materializes um, with any fruitful apps moving that way. But, yeah. So, um, last week I talked about <laughs> my new PC that showed up. Uh, Centennial, yes, was the name, I believe, of that app, uh, that bridge. Thank you for the comments. So, anyways, got a new PC last week. Um, tried to use it for the new show, and it was dead on arrival. So my new one showed up. I actually wrote it up on Threat, and I want to talk about this because people are going to start yelling, you should have built your own. And you know what? I probably should have, but hindsight is twenty twenty. And the other thing is, too, Paul and I have been talking about wanting to do this, um, the buying experience of a semi-custom machine. So now I have completed that process, and I have very mixed opinions about... Um, I went with iBuyPower. Very mixed opinions about it. First one showed up dead. Fine. Send it back. Okay, great. Next one showed up. It works. I, I, we are using it right now. And there's no fans spinning up, but I'll get back to fans in a second. Like, it's not dying like my Service Pro 4 was trying to do this podcast. So, anyways, machine shows up, and the wiring inside was terrible. It was like, guys, like, I paid extra money for quality wiring. So, the first thing I did was pulled this thing apart, um, not completely, and, and hid some of the wires. I moved the radiator that where they put that. It's water-cooled uh, i7-6700K. Probably should tell you the specs because I upped them. So CPU i7-6700K, uh, 16 gigs of RAM, dual uh, SLI'd 970GTX, which is why the Tomb Raider thing didn't really make sense, but I'll be back to the graphics cards in a minute. And what else is in there? Uh, I got a M2 
Samsung SSD, 512 meg, um, and 100 or 240 Intel SSD, and then a mechanical drive. So lots of solid state drives um, for virtualization machine, virtual machines, and all that good stuff. So it's a great machine. It, it's running well. I had a couple hiccups. There's a Display Port issue that is not the machine's fault. It's actually a Display Port Display Port spec bug, but that's not a big deal. I figured it's not even an issue. Um, but the, the problem I run into this with, with this machine is that it's loud. So what did I do? I ordered, um, what are they? Here. I ordered a couple of these guys. This is the fourth one. Three of them are now in there. So these are the Corsair, um, this is the static pressure one that I put onto the radiator. And I also got two of the non-static pressure ones for the case. They're much quieter than the case fans. Now that's not really an I by power thing. That was, I used the case NZXT S340, the Razer edition. I kind of like it, very super minimal. And it was loud. Uh, so I got those guys, opened it all up again, replaced all the fans, um, moved the radiator from the back to the front to create more space in the cavity for better airflow. And so did a little bit more rewiring. And there we go. Now I've got an updated machine. So this leads me to the next problem. The graphics cards are very loud. I got the Asus Turbo GTX 970s. And the reason I got these is that they were recommended for an SLI setup because they're a blower design. And what that means is that there's you have your graphics card and there's a fan at the back. And the back has um, openings on both sides of the fan. So it can suck in air on either side. And when you have two cards next to each other, you can get cooler air from the outsides of the, the two cards. Great. So I ordered that. And when the machine showed up, they are loud. They have coil whine, if you're familiar with it, is the name of the term that I hear. And it's loud enough that it's driving me nuts. So, like an idiot, um, I ordered a GTX 980 Ti EVGA overclocked silent edition, add some other acronyms because there are more. It's like 2.0 ATX plus or something stupid like that. Yeah, so I think is what I'm going to do here is that card's going to show up on Monday. I'm going to pull out the other two cards, put the 980 Ti in, and if it's quieter, then I will try to sell. If you want a 970 Turbo GTX, I'm going to be selling two here. Um, as long as it's quieter. If it's not really quieter, then I'll just keep the current setup because it's perfectly fine. I have plenty of horsepower for what I need. But at this point, as you can see, I've changed pretty much everything about the machine except the <laughs> mounting this pretty much the CPU, the water cooler, and the motherboard. Everything else I've moved around inside that machine, which essentially means I just built it myself but I paid somebody about $180 to assemble this machine. I did the math backwards to try to figure out what their margins were. And on a, it was like 1979 bucks, they made about 180 ish on me. So that is where that machine is at. Um, let me see, I can probably, you can see it's right there. Look at that beauty. So. And like an idiot, I just detached my webcam. So we're going to finish this one up close. So MWC is next week, everybody. MWC, there's going to be some good Windows stuff. I don't want to get too detailed about it, but there's going to be some good Windows announcements. Windows Phone is not dead. 
But keep in mind, um, MWC next week, you're going to see a lot of news coming out of there, and I recommend you pay attention. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. This has been another fun episode, and I've got to reattach my webcam. Thanks, guys.